0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: My name's Ify Thomas. I'm a mindset and confidence coach. I'm an author. I'm a platform speaker. And my company is called Mind Workout. Thank you for putting the link up there, Dora Maria. So Mind Workout, we help entrepreneurs get on We help entrepreneurs to share their stories more than anything from a place of compassion and positioning them as authorities and so they can communicate and connect with their ideal customers. And today I'm going to get to go back and talk around the personal development stuff because that's something that I spent um, most of my life really trying to understand it and live it and do it. So when Dre was talking, it reminded me of (laughs) I wrote a book in 2015 called Power Lift Your Career. And on the front cover of the book, it was a black man with um, his back all muscular. And I wrote that book specifically for my sons, even though at the time my children were very, very little. But my sons were the inspiration behind the book. Because like Jay was saying, I was thinking about two black boys growing up in a world where many corporations will probably prejudge them before even meeting them. And even though we don't live in a segregated world, I still see that there are things that... um, black people are faced upon. Like like you said, Dre, you know, we have to be, it's better just to be five times or 10 times as good because then you've got an opportunity. But when they were so little, I I sat down with their dad and I said, look, what are we gonna do? How can we make sure that we can give them a life where they can thrive? What what must we do now while they're little to put in place so that they can have the um, success and freedom, and so they can really become everything that they're capable of? And we were like, okay, well, the first thing we should do is we should get uh, life insurance. That would be the most responsible thing that we should do as parents. So we organised life insurance, and I remember the next morning when I came down the stairs and I went into the kitchen and. Um, my other half was there having a cup of tea um, I looked at him and I said I still don't feel peace of mind I still don't feel peace of mind because even if me and you were to pass and they were to have this money that that won't last forever and I think they need something else so that's when I said you know what I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna write it for my children but for also for anybody else who doesn't know how to really take control of their life and there and I read this ancient proverb quote that said, give a man a fish and he won't starve for a day, but teach a man how to fish and he won't starve for his entire life. And it really resonated with me. So I wanted to give him the steps to success. I wanted to give him the success formula, which meant that I had to really double down on what the steps to success was. So um, a lot of the work that I did was around researching and studying the most successful men and women throughout history. So I've met a lot of millionaires and successful people who've reached the top of their profession um, in fields ranging from athletics, music, business, and all of them started with nothing. And and all of them repeatedly failed as well. Each of them could share with me a sad story of um, times in their life where they've struggled And what I recognize, essentially, there's no difference between the people who are living that amazing life and reaching their goals and the gold medalists and all of those incredible people. There's no difference. There's just one thing different that they do. They think differently. They think differently and they act differently. So learning to change your thinking, it's not an easy task because it requires resilience and it requires patience. But what I found is in the scrolls, Every single scroll had some real value that you could implement into your life. And the one that resonated the most with me was scroll nine, because it's all about acting now, acting now. So just a bit of background on me. My background um, is dancing. I trained as a dancer from the age of nine until I was 25. I was performing. I was on stage. I've been committed to getting my body to peak physical fitness. I, I know exactly how to build a body um, and that's what I dedicate my time to and I was so used to being told what to do by choreographers I was one of those dance students that would just do what I was told the people at the front of the room would show me the steps and I tried to um, implement them into my body and that's what I did for so many years but when I left the world of dancing and I moved into the world from entertainment to corp- the corporate world, I, I wanted to take with me everything that I'd learned as dancing, but I couldn't see how it would fit into this corporate world. And I was looking for a life choreographer. I wanted someone to show me the steps, help me figure out the steps and help me to figure out how to become successful. And I read so many books. I mean, I uh, the information was so overwhelming. Uh, I've it's been nearly two decades I've dedicated to personal development, studying, learning, researching, implementing, applying. And after speaking to thousands of business owners in a variety of all different industries, I I learned that there there is a success formula. There is a way to think. There is a way to be. And I remember Brian Tracy had in one of his books, I think it's Maximum Achievement, or one of his books, and I read this line and it really hit me. He, he said, life is like a combination lock to a safe. If you know the correct numbers in the right sequence, the safe always opens. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, young, old, rich or poor. There is a specific way to think and act that will allow you to bring anything that you want into your life. And I remember thinking, wow, that is amazing. I can just follow the steps that other people have taken to get where I want to be. So today, my, I want to talk about the three A's. Um, the three A's what I want to cover are attitude, awareness, and action. And action, I scroll nine. He talks. It's all about acting now. So when we think about self-awareness, and we think about our attitude, and we think about taking action, I believe those three A's are kind of cornerstones of becoming successful. Because how to become the world's greatest salesman? Uh, I really, truly believe that how do you become the world's greatest you? How do you become the best version of you? What are you doing every day to really live out your greatest life? Because that is an inside job. It really is. It requires you to really take the time to look at yourself. Look where you are. So if we look at the, there's no particular order of these days, but let's look at awareness. Having the awareness And the clarity to really ask yourself, where am I? Where am I right now? Is this where I wanna be? You know, be really honest with yourself. Am am I where I want to be? You know, is this really the life that I wanna live? And then you have to just take a little audit, take an audit and say, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? What's working? What's not working? Are the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis moving me towards my goal? Do I feel like I'm moving towards my goal? Am I doubling down on the things that I need to do? And you have to ask yourself those questions. And that that when I say it's an inside job, it's about having the, I suppose, the confidence and the... Making the decision to say, I'm going to look at myself. And I'll just tell you a quick story, actually, regarding uh, (laughs) the awareness. So this morning, when I um, woke up, normally in my house, when I wake up, I play music straight away. I have um, a sonos, which means the speakers in every room in the house, even in the bathroom. And we have a family playlist. And I play on a Monday. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. So it's like a really old song. And I play the one from Madagascar. So you can hear like the, the animal voices. It's very funny. Anyway, so I play that song every Monday, like clockwork. And um, I, I go down the hallway dancing. And I go into my son's room and I start like kind of like dancing. And they're normally like, Ooh, and I'm like, come on, boys. So um, what I tell myself, what, what I've trained into my sons, one of them's, 10 coming up 11 and the other one's nine there's 17 months between them and I have trained in them to to make sure that they're in control of their first thought of the day so I proper drilled into them so the the rules are the minute you recognize that you're awake I want you to say thank you God for giving me another day I said I want that to be the first thought that crosses your mind and we've worked on it for months and months nearly a year now so they've trained themselves. So as soon as they recognize they're awake, they say, Thank you, God, for giving me another day. So they 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 know how to be grateful for waking up. Because um, with my sons, it was five years ago, we lost, they lost their nanny, um, which was my mum. And when she passed, um, I had to really look at myself and look at myself and ask myself did I do everything that I could do? Did, did I, did, am I happy with how I handled it? And there were so many regrets. And there was this one big regret, which I'll just back into, because it helps support the the narrative. So when my mum was, my mum on January the 6th was diagnosed with a brain tumour, and I've told you this before, because this story's kind of maybe, like, the backbone of who I am now. And on January the 6th, she was told that she only had eight weeks left to live. And eight weeks, like, can you imagine? Eight weeks, it's such a short time. That's two months. And at the time, my sons were four and five. And my mum literally um, loved loved those boys so much. They spent most of their childhood with her because I... I was running my business. That I built a business called the National Accountancy Network, and that business I st- I started um, when I was pregnant. So as soon as they were born, they um, my older sister became their nanny, and she lived at home with my mum, and they basically looked after my children, taught them how to, you know, potty train, walk. They were basically their main carers while me and their dad were building our business, building our empire. So um, they spent a lot of time with their nanny, and she loved them to you know death and. And um, when when we found out that she was didn't have long left, my older sisters and aunties and I suppose the more mature people in the family took control, as they do. And um, I wanted to take my sons to see their nanny, um, but I was told not to. Uh, I was told, like, no, don't do it. And because it was my first time dealing with any kind of, like, real... Death, like real, like um cancer, and like I've never experienced that before. It's my first time seeing somebody I love, knowing that they're going. It was my first experience, and I was like 29 or something, oh maybe a bit older. I can't remember. Anyway, so um, I didn't. I listened to them, and I didn't take my sons to see her because they said that it would protect her, her and whatever. Anyway, so I didn't take them. And it's the biggest regret I have because I was like, why would I not take her grandchildren to see her? You know, why wouldn't I? Why would that doesn't even make sense. They should have got to say goodbye. So anyway, so I had to work through all that. And um, I, I realized when I when I got about a week later after she passed, I told my four year old that his nanny had passed. And he was so angry with me. He screamed and cried and said, why didn't you let me say goodbye to nanny? And I couldn't even answer him. Now, you might be thinking, he's only four. This is my younger son, who is, um, he's class, he's, he's got a really high IQ. He's, he's just unbelievably advanced in every way. So, this kind of stuff is was normal. So, he said to me, Mummy, you should have took me to say goodbye to my nanny. And I thought, Do you know what, why didn't I? And it's because we were trying to protect them from death. But the truth is that death is... Heading for all of us, it is something that we're all going to experience. It's something that is part of, you know. We, they say we're not getting out of this life alive, which is true. So that's why, once once their nanny had passed, I made it. I spoke to them about death, and I speak to them. I speak to them about death. That they know that they're not going to be here forever. They know that one day that me and their dad will go, and they know that they're going. But what I found is some people have said that's a bit harsh, you know. To um Sorry, the, mo- the the lawn's being mowed right now. Um, someone just said to me, "That's a bit harsh to be telling such young children about death." I and I truly believe it's really important because it makes them focus and it makes them take life, be grateful, and have gratitude. And I've watched my boys now, five years later. These these boys are so well connected to life, and they take every day. Um, you know, they're grateful for it. So. I told you that little back bit of the story just so that why, when I go into their rooms, they they always have said that they said, thank God for this, taking this breath, being here another day. But this morning, what happened is I walked into my son's room and um, his eyes were wide awake. And I was like, Quincy, this is my oldest son. I said, good morning. I said, happy Monday. How are you? And he just looked at me. And I went down by the side of his bed and I, like, went on my knees and, like, kind of, like, went to hug him. And he said, I had a nightmare, Mummy. I said, what's wrong, darling? He said, I had a nightmare. I said, what was your nightmare? He said, I had a nightmare that you died. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I said, so how old was Mummy then when this happened? He was like, you were the same age as you are now. So I was like, oh. I said, well, what happened to me in your nightmare? He says, your heart was fluttering and then it stopped. And then I said, and how was that for you? What did you do? And I said, was you okay? Did you live your best life when I'd gone? And he just kind of looked at me and I said to him, Quincy, if mummy was ever to go, promise me that you will live your best life and that you will do what you're here to do, that you've been put here to do. And he kind of nodded and he's had his lips pressed together and he nodded forward. And I said, yeah, make, make sure you do that. And I said, and anyway, daddy was there wasn't he and and then he said yeah but what will happen to the stars (laughs) and I was like oh my gosh I said this is why it's so important to take each day as it comes and to enjoy each day because none of us know what's happening the next day and then he gave me a big hug and his face lit up and I said aren't we grateful that we're all here today and the reason why I tell you that story is because on scroll nine it says act now get into the habit of acting now in fact On scroll nine, I have it here, one of them, which really resonated with me. It says, "Um, I will not avoid the task of today and charge them for two tomorrow, for I know that tomorrow never comes. Let me act now, even though my actions may not bring happiness or success, for it is better to act and fail than not to act and flounder. Happiness in truth may not be the fruit plucked by my action yet, without action, all fruit will die on the vine. So I had that in my mind. And um, what I did, as soon as they'd gone off to school, I rang my doctors and said, can I get booked in, please? Can you book me in just to do a little check on my heart? Um, Just do a little echo check and just check my heart. Now, I know people might think, well, that's a bit, it was just a nightmare. But I really believe that even though the thought came into my son's mind and it's part of a nightmare and it's clearly not true, I thought, let me just check anyway. So I booked myself in this afternoon. I've got an appointment with my doctor just to arrange to have a little checkup. And that's because I have developed the attitude of act now, act now, act now, act now. Because it's really important when you when you get that when things happen in life and you are at a crossroad and you get to make a decision: do I take action or do I stay where I am? It's always, in my opinion, better to act now. Because when you act now, you're in control. You have the power. When you don't act, that's when you can become powerless. So, I, and I don't like feeling powerless. Who likes feeling powerless? Hardly any of us do. So, acting now is something that can be really developed. So if we look at the first A is self-awareness. So just take a minute just to have that awareness of where you are. And that comes with clarity, that comes with being really clear about what you want, be really clear about what it looks like, be really clear about how you can communicate that with somebody like a 10 year old. Because a lot of people that when I work with people, I'm like, what is it that you really want? And then they go all around the houses Before they tell me what it is, and I say, I don't understand, what do you want? What does it look like? How can I help you get there if I don't know what it is and you don't know what it is? You know, be really clear, be really specific about what it is that you truly want to the point where you could describe it and it would be easily understood by, let's say, a 10 year old child. So they can then measure, you can then measure how close you are to getting there. So, first of all, self awareness and clarity. And then I'd say, attitude attitude your attitude is so important your attitude can open so many doors for you oh my gosh I've got another story I can tell you actually (laughs) and this story happened last week and it's a really positive story so um I've been developing myself for nearly two decades now but well since I was 19 so a bit more than that but I, I I really um enjoy personal development And I enjoy it even more when I'm really um, in the moments of it. So let me just back into it. So we all have this idea that we're going to be kind and caring and honest and take responsibility and, you know, take deep breaths when we're going to get overwhelmed. We all have this. We know this stuff, but it's what you do in the moment. What you do when you're in the thick of it. You know, I heard, was it, um, I can't remember who said it, but they said it's really easy to be positive and happy when you've got money in the bank and you're healthy and your children are acting normal. Um, I heard someone say that. It's And it's really easy to be happy when everything's going well in your life. But how do you deal with life when it is going badly? The wheels are falling off, you know, you're broke, you're ill, your kids are, um, you know destructive whatever's happening how do you do it then and it's those moments that I love more than anything I love it because you really can grow in the moments of um pain and struggle they're the they're the defining moments I believe that when we grow the most when when it's not easy so this is what happened um I I do worry that I talk about Starbucks a lot on this app and I promise you I'm not Um, a shareholder for their company or endorsing them in any way, Uh, maybe one day they'll let me um, collaborate with them. But basically, I was going to get my Starbucks at my train station. And if you followed my stories, you will have seen how this story unpacked. But if you didn't, let me just tell you. Last week, Thursday, I drove to my train station just to grab a Starbucks. And I just quickly pulled in and parked anywhere because I knew I was only going to be a few minutes. So I um, And I'm really positive. I'm like, today's going to be a great day. The sun is shining. And I was like, you know, all my stories smiling and upbeat and positive as I usually am. Went in, saw the people from Starbucks. I was like, good morning. Yes, my usual. Got my Starbucks. And as I came out of the train station, because this is a Starbucks that's attached to a train station, even though I wasn't going anywhere, I come out. And I see this lady standing by my car. And she's like, is this your car? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, you're in my paid parking space. I felt sick. and I literally, I felt sick. All the other spaces were empty. And I just chose anyone to go in. I wasn't even paying attention really. And, um, and I said to her, I am so sorry. I am so unbelievably sorry because I'm going to miss my train now. I said, "Oh my gosh, I felt sick in my gut." I was like, "I am so sorry." And I looked at her right in the eyes and said, "I am so sorry. I really it was really thoughtless of me. I'm so sorry." And I quickly moved my car out of the way so she could park in that space and then run to her train. And then after I thought, "What can I do? What can I do?" She could have and and all these thoughts went through in my mind. I was thinking, "Well, what usually if you're going to pay for your parking space right by the train station and um, maybe it's because she has anxiety traveling because i know that that's a thing you know some people really struggle to get from a to b and they need hey listeners
2: if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day.
1: To set everything up. So she's gone through all this trouble to pay for her parking, prepaid parking space, and then I come along and park in it and potentially make her late for wherever she's going to London. It could be a meeting, it could be a job interview, it could be anything. I have no idea but my one insensitive action could have messed up her day. And to add to that, she didn't think I was coming back. So she was about to park in another person's prepaid space, which means that that person would then do it. And basically my one thoughtless action would mean that many people's days were messed up because of me. And I could see it in my mind. I thought, oh my gosh, Ify, right. So the first thing I said to myself was, Ify, you are a good person you're a kind person. This was a thoughtless act. What are you going to learn from this? I was thinking i 'm never going to park there again and the woman ran off to, to the and then I got in the car and on the way back home, I thought, right, how can I learn from this? What can I do in this moment? So when I got back home on my lunch break, I went and bought a card that's um had a big heart on it, and I wrote in the card. Um, Because I didn't know her name Dear Red Mini Driver I am so sorry It was really thoughtless of me I hope that you got to London on time I hope you got your train And I hope that you had a good day And this didn't mess you up And then I put a £20 note inside the card And said "Um, here's two um, coffees all week on me I am truly sorry And I didn't sign the card or anything And I went back to the station And then put it in her windscreen wiper Just so it was there for her um, and then I just felt, Phew, I've done everything I can. I've apologised. I've made my amend, you know, amendments. I've um, that. I've, I've made sure I validated her when she was saying to me, "I'm going to be late." I said, "I'm so sorry. I can't imagine how that must feel." I did everything right, which I've learned to do to communicate to people and take full responsibility. And um, that was it. Carried on with my day, and then. I got on my Instagram, tag, 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 all these tags on Facebook, tag, 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 people tagging me, and all I could see was this yellow screen, and I thought, don't know what that is, and I didn't even look at it. For the whole day, I didn't look at it, I just thought, oh, I don't know what it is. And then I went and clicked on it, and it was a screenshot of somebody saying, let's see if I can find it in my, in my um, messages, someone, I had a screenshot, Let me see if it's coming, because it was Thursday, hold, and basically what she had said is, she had wrote a message saying, I hope the lady with pink hair reads this, Um, I just want to let you know that um, what you did was so nice and so kind, and thank you for being so apologetic, and I did make my train, I just wanted you to know that I did make my train, and um, just basically wrote loads of lovely stuff about me, but doesn't know who I am and just put out the woman with the pink hair. And um, and then I went onto the post on Facebook and I couldn't believe it. There was like over 500 comments and people saying, oh, I know who she is. I know that girl with the pink hair. She's..." And I just thought, wow, the act of just doing something that is, I felt like I had to do it because that was the right thing to do. And the reason I tell you this story is because when I was saying, oh, you know, I'm going to do this, people looked at me, why? Why are you going to do that? I was like, oh, no, no, I'm going to. Like, I have to. And that's because inbuilt in me is the acting now. Act now, act now, act now. And if you take action straight away, and I didn't take action because I wanted her to recognise me. I did it for my own peace of mind knowing that I was in the wrong and I needed to do the right thing. And that is an attitude thing for me. I I think developing an attitude of where you take responsibility when you've done something wrong, rather than go for blame, aggression, defensiveness, I feel like that really can affect people. So if we look at the first A that I was talking about was awareness, the second A is attitude, having the right attitude in any situation, even when it's a bad situation and you're in the wrong, having the right attitude to take responsibility when you've done something wrong and put your hands up. And the brilliant thing is, is when you say to somebody, most people, when you say, I'm sorry, the drama's over because you've you've admitted, you said, I'm sorry. I take full responsibility. Everybody makes mistakes. It's just whether you're willing to admit it and accept it. So attitude. And then the last A is action taking action. Now, I know that I've developed a bit of a reputation of, um, you know, I'm an action taker. I am. I love taking action because, once again, it gives me power because I'm in control. I'm taking action. I'm doing it. I'm, you know, I hear something that sounds good and I take action and I don't overthink it. And I did a room on Saturday, last Saturday, called Procrastination Kills Dreams, procrastination absolutely kills dreams. So if you're not taking action, then what's happening is is that you're just sitting still. You're just watching the world go by. So how do you take action? How do you develop an attitude for action? Well, it's about you making a decision and deciding. It really is about, and and it's doing the inner work. Now, I always used to say to myself, do it now, do it now, do it now. But in the Scrolls book, they talk about act now, act now, act now. And I think that into your minds, the dialogue of, Act now, act now, act now. So think about today. Think about your day and say what what must I do? What um, Tony Robbins talks about the must and the shoulds you know, he also says that people should all over themselves. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. But you actually look at what must I do? Now, there are things in your life that you will always do because they have to be done. And then there's things that you'll leave and you'll keep leaving and leaving. And if they are irrelevant and they do not move you closer to your goals, absolutely leave them. But if these are needle pushers, if these are things that are going to close the gap, I don't understand why we are not rushing and running towards our goals. Because if I go back to the story of my son, when he said that he thought he had a nightmare that I died at this age because my heart stopped, I had to just look at myself and say, am I, if I was to leave this earth today, do I feel like I did everything I was here to do? Am I doing, am I making the most of my time? Because I don't know when I'm going. Am I doing everything I could possibly do? And I was like, "Yep, I've got the star factory. We've got our star products. We've got an infrastructure. We're we're able to promote it. Everyone knows how the business works. I've got a predecessor. I have health insurance. I have life insurance. And I was like, whoa, one thing I need to do. I already have my um, appointed people who would look after my children if my if me and their dad passed away but now we did that such a long time ago the people we appointed are probably at an age where they're maybe not able to look after them as well so we're going to change it so that's part of what my plan i'm going to be getting um my brother's name on there but my point is 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 it's about acting now acting fast and keep reassessing keep keep asking yourself am i moving closer to my goals and what i'm going to do is i'm just going to um, i'm definitely going to pass the mic open over to people to start talking about this topic because if you've just joined me and you're in the room and you're like what yes i am intense i've always been this way people say to me oh my gosh Ife, you're so intense i am because we don't know when we're going guys we have no idea why would we waste our time not moving closer to the thing that we're here to do why would we allow ourselves to let fear take over so that we don't move forward and it's and where you start is first place to start is to say make a decision of what it is you want to do be clear and some people spend years actually deciding what they want to do i mean i've been i do a lot of um i'm a speaker as well so i've this this month i'm doing a lot of after dinner speeches at universities for the graduation so i'm going in and i'm speaking to these university graduates who are who are just going out into the world and a lot of the time when i speak to them after they've been out for about 6 months is they don't know what they want to do um they just they're, they're still thinking about what they're going to do what they're, what they're really going to do and i think that can become a habit so what I would suggest is, is that take, if you do not know what it is that you want to do with your life and you do not know what your goals are, or what your major definite purpose is, or what the thing is, is that's going to get you out of bed and get you excited, make that your goal, to figure it out and figure it out fast and decide what it is and then start running at it. And that is taking action, acting now. And part of this scroll I want to leave you with before I open up, it's a, oh, I love it. It got me so excited when I read it. It um Here it is, it says, I will act now, I will act now, I will act now, henceforth, I will repeat these words again and again and again, each hour, each day, every day, until the words become as much a habit as my breathing, and the actions which follow become instinctive, as the blinking of my eyelids. (laughs) I love that, and it's about acting now, and maybe we just have to keep saying, I'll act now, I'll act now, do it now, act now. And then you do get into the habit of doing it. And when you get into the habit of acting now, what happens is your life starts to open up for you. Things start to happen. Every single person on this stage who is achieving success in one way is acting. They're moving. They're not staying still. They're taking action and decisions. If, if you find it hard to make a decision, then my advice would be just make a decision. <laughs> And then if you get it wrong, then make another decision. And then if you get that wrong, then make another decision. And just get into the act of saying, I'm just going to make a decision. Because not making a decision used to be, okay. well, you just stay where you are. You know, um, just everyone else will keep moving and you'll stay where you are. Mm -mm, That's not right anymore. You won't stay where you are. The world is moving so fast. It is moving at such a rapid pace pace that you don't end up staying where you are you end up going backwards you actually can't stay where you are it's really difficult to stay where you are because if you think about it and we think about the the earth as it's rotating none of us are staying where we are we're moving like millimeters every every hour like we were at different access points of the app. we are moving all the time and you cannot stand still anymore you've got to run at it so um i'm really excited that i got to jump into this um segment and I, i'd love to open it up and start a conversation um with anybody who would like to jump in on the idea of i think my main thing i want to leave you with is act now just take action. Whatever you're thinking about, just take action. Stop overthinking. Stop procrastinating. Just act now on on the thing that you need to do. Um, would anyone like to jump in? I yes. I yes.
3: Go. Hi, iffy Hi. This Hi. is D. First of all, you are a whole vibe to me. You are so fine in so many ways, and I just love um, your energy and everything that um, you have been speaking about here this morning. What resonated with me and what really um, it just gets me going when i hear this is when someone says you know what i had an experience with your heart so it was your self-awareness and your action. And how I can relate to that is that my dear mother at the tender age of 55 years old, I got that call saying, Tangie, I've been diagnosed with high blood pressure, could not wait to help her. Purchase her a cruise for, it was a cruise for like three months down the road and I was going to help her as well. I was in a different state at the time. Well, two days later, she had a pain in her chest. She went to the doctor and it was too long of a wait. And so she left and, um, she had my grandmother coming in town. It was around December 15th, getting away, ready for the Christmas holiday and Two days later, she passed away in her sleep. And I think, could that be have been prevented? How many people are walking around with undetected high blood pressure? That is the number one silent killer's heart disease in the world, right? And we think about diabetes. It is the, um, diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. And of that, 95% makes up type 2 diabetes, which is also preventable. So many people are walking around with preventable things that can cause them to be around here longer in this earth And so you said, Hey, I had that, you had it from your son, right? That little, um, dream. And then that gut tug, which I say, gut backwards is that is tug, right? Something tugging in your spirit. And you went and you took massive action and you got that EKG done. And so me being one that has transformed over a thousand bodies, um, and seeing people get off the high blood pressure medicine and seeing people live longer and stronger and now take control of their purpose, which is why I do what I do so that people can rock their purpose with vitality. I want to say that inspired me so much that um, you acted now. So I would say anybody on this stage being in tune and having that self-awareness with your body, whatever is going on, never waiting, right? Your health cannot wait always stay in that line act now and and make sure that your health is number one because without that you cannot pursue your purpose with vitality and do what god has called you to do on this earth so ify i love it i love it i love it your whole vibe to me and uh thank you so much for sharing my name is dr tangy and i release my mic
1: Oh, wow, Dr. Tianji, thank you so much. Oh, so much that you said. I was like, yes, I love that gut. Gut backwards is tug. Really, I do. And, oh, wow, the work that you do sounds incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, um, yeah, I just, I just don't want to regret anything. You know, imagine if I just think, oh, it was just a little dream. Carry on with your life. And then three weeks later, I'm laying on, oh, my gosh. I'd rather just take action now and get that, you know, definite, it's a definitive, you're fine, then I'll carry on. You know, I, I don't let things slide like that. I really do um, believe that, yeah, intuitively, I, I, I feel like it, it's just one of those things I must do. Maybe it's because, um, and this is something that other people could do it, because I'm autistic, if you think of a circle, if I don't close things off from a circle, I don't know if I can explain that right. So if I have a, I like things to be completed and finished and done. Um, And that allows me to then move on, so I can let go of it in my mind. So for me, I would see that that would be like um, only only 45 minutes around the clock and i need to just close that gap and say okay let me just make sure that's done and then i can move on and i can let it go and then if ever something did happen to me i'll say well i did everything i needed to do i did everything i was supposed to do and that's the way it is you know i, I maybe that's a control thing as well but um yes thank you dr tenji if anyone's um isn't following or well, have a look how amazing is that that and how sad is that there's so many people leave this earth because of something that could have been fixed if they would have just fixed it that that to me oh that's a whole that comes back down to the sliding doors moment and if any of you come into the 4 a.m eastern rooms that i run around storytelling and mastering your message i i'm obsessed with the sliding doors i'm obsessed with the moments in our lives that make up the things that happen and how many moments we miss and 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 a bit like Steve Jobs, I, and I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs, he has this really great talk that he does, which is um, at Stanford University, it's on YouTube, it's the commencement speech. And he says, I'm gonna share with you three stories of my life. And he talks about these three stories. And the overall ar- arching message he's saying is that you can't connect the dots looking Um, forward. You can only connect the dots when you look backwards and that you just have to trust that the dots will all connect in your future and be good. So when I go through my life and I think about moments, I think this could be a dot. So this dot could connect to something that connects to something that connects to something that connects to something. So I'd rather jump on each dot than avoid it or leave it because I feel like I suppose it's this idea of the belief systems. If you think about our belief systems, if you were to go into your local, like, um, I don't know what you have in the States, but here we have like Curry's and PC World and those kind of computer shops. If you were to go one in one of we those We have shop- Best
4: Buy. Best
1: Buy. Best Buy. Okay, cool. Thank, thank you, Raymond. Best Buy. So if you were to go into a Best Buy and you were to go and get a hard drive, that you're going to install, a USB that you're going to install onto your hard drive. And let's say your hard drive is your brain, your mainframe, yeah? What belief would you want to install into your mind? Because I believe that the number one belief we should all install into our minds is that I am here to do great stuff and that the world is waiting for me. Imagine if your belief is, I believe that I am going to be a great success. I believe that I deserve success and happiness and wealth and joy and abundance. Imagine if that was your belief system. I believe that the universe is conspiring for me to succeed. So because I believe that the universe is conspiring for me to succeed, every time there's an opportunity or there's a dot, I want to jump on the dot. You know, I want to jump. Oh, Glenn, you've un- and Mike, do you want to jump in? I think the app's a bit glitchy. Can you guys hear me?
4: Yep. We can hear you yep. loud and clear. And very we well.
1: Yeah. I'll just, I just was checking to see if Glenn was on micing cause I saw him on mic and I saw Justin on mic as well. Did you want to jump in or is it the glitchy app?
5: It's definitely glitchy. I, I'm working out. So I was not on mic.
1: Oh, okay then. Oh, thank you. Um, Raymond, did you want to jump in? You've been, I haven't heard you for a while. How are you?
4: I'm great. No, I didn't want to jump in, but I can if you like. But no, I'm just here listening and chilling and learning from wisdom. That's it. And your lovely voice, hearing about your kids, hearing how you're rocking the world, and just sitting at your feet learning. That's all I'm doing.
1: Oh, I'll pop in. Me... I,
4: I did have a thought issue, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Let's go. Um, okay, I had Lolita and then Justin.
3: Hey, yeah, this is Lolita. Really quickly, um, I wanted to say that the piece that I really loved was, you know, what if you shifted your mindset to really look at a perspective of the world is conspiring for my good? And I, I just, I love the 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 idea that you shared with us, the action that you took about putting a note on the woman's window. And sometimes we don't even know the actions that we take can really make or break somebody's day. And how powerful was she? when she said, you know what, there's a pink. There's a woman with pink hair. And then it just went viral. It went viral because of kindness. And when we act in that kindness and shift our perspective, the world is really open to us. So thank you, Iffy. While I'm cooking this breakfast for my boy, I just um, really, really smiled as you continue to talk. So thanks so much.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Alita. Oh, I just love everything that you say. <laughs> thank you so much. And I love the, yeah, kindness. And what people wrote on the comments was, one gentleman wrote on the comments, how lovely is it that when somebody does something wrong, they take responsibility rather than get angry and shout at you? And then I said to my partner, what, what, why do you think they wrote that? And he said, and my partner was like, because most people, when they do something wrong, get so defensive and so angry that they make the other person seem wrong. But what I had done is just took, instant responsibility. But that's because in all of the personal development that I've done, and I do a lot of like Brian Tracy, I could talk about him every day, like his stuff I've lived on I've mean, I've nurtured on it, I'm, I'm built on Brian Tracy's work. And he says all the time that the biggest gift you can give yourself is taking responsibility, even if you're right or wrong, just taking responsibility, because then it basically cuts out it, it, it puts a stop in the drama because most people just want you to just take acknowledgement and accept and take responsibility so i've developed that into my personality as soon as i'm wrong and even if i'm not wrong i will just assume that i'm wrong and tell the other person um i take full responsibility what can i do and then it moves it from a place of anger and arguments to but some people still don't accept your apology, but then that's on them and then you have to go. And I know that I heard Will Smith say that hate in your okay, well, I heard Will Smith say this about ten years ago. So flashback ten years before all the other drama and he said, um hate in your heart will kill will kill you too. And I that really resonated with me because I don't want to have any hate in my heart. You know, I truly um wanna my to feel love because love is in, sometimes intoxicating you know when you really um have so much love and and that makes me think of um i love iana van zandt and i know you love her too lolita iana van zandt and how she was speaking to oprah once and they were talking about filling your cup up and how you the the you fill your cup up so much you love yourself so much that it's so full everything that flows out, you give to other people. And because I like to give to other people, I know that so I can give, I have to love myself so much that it's so full that I can give. And because I have high levels of confidence and high levels of self-esteem, when I made the mistake, I don't go into the idea of, oh, I'm bad, I'm awful, I'm useless. I don't go down that negative way of thinking or speaking to my, i i'd go oh my gosh if you really didn't know did you you're a good person wow but what has this done to the other person what must it be like for her and then i put myself in her shoes and think oh my gosh imagine if that was me i paid for a parking space i get there there's someone else's car there now I can't, i'm gonna be late blah, blah 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 oh kimberly i see you there but i also um Where's Justin? Justin was gonna come next, but Kimberlyn, do you wanna jump into what we were just talking about? Um, Who wants to go? If Justin
2: is ready, let him go and then I'll go. Oh,
1: brilliant.
5: Thank Mm -hmm. you. No, 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 ladies first. Go ahead, Kimberly. I didn't even see you there. Good
2: morning. Good morning, uh, Justin, and thank you. Ife, I adore you. I just adore you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And you know, we're, (laughs) We're a lot alike in a lot of ways, and I could so picture the decision you made to run into the Starbucks and just grab that space, thinking no harm. I would have done probably the same, and what you did afterward, your re- your reaction of compassion and self-responsibility. I believe and would like to believe I would do the same, and even the follow-up, so I really appreciate the example of something simple or big. You didn't minimize your impact on others. You did all the things that you're underscoring of take responsibility in the moment, in a loving way. Don't just drop it, make it right as much as you can. And you also talk to yourself in a kind way. I don't always remember to do that part. I'll give myself the, the good talking to, the mental spanking, And, um, but I would tell other people to also practice self-compassion and self-forgiveness because you're listening. You're listening to what you say most of all. So I think that was an important part of your process. And um, interestingly, um, one of the the quotes that came up in my cycle this morning, because I surround myself with them, was one by marcus aurelius and it says think of yourself as dead you have lived your life now take what's left and live it properly i've lost two dear friends in the last month one i've known since ninth grade and one who's been my mentor for 25 years, a great and amazing lady, and I'm feeling it. And I had the impulse to go and see my friend because she was in the hospital, but we didn't expect her to pass. I acted on it. I almost didn't, and I'm so grateful that I did because it was the last time I ever saw her. And I had the impulse to call my mentor, and I spoke to her. A week later, she was gone, whether it is big or small. That take action part in your health, in your relationships, in all of it matters more than we will ever know. It doesn't always have to have that outcome to have impact that's exponential that we can't see. And if we put that together with take action always in the large and small, take responsibility in a positive way, and believe that all things are working to our good, the universe is conspiring for us, those formulas are life-changing. Thank you so much, Ife.
1: Wow, Kimberly! oh my gosh, I got goosebumps all up my arm when you said that. I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. And oh, it's, oh, well, I had the pleasure to meet Kimberly in real life. And if any of you haven't met Kimberly, the feeling, um, there's like this glow around her. Um, I know Kimberly came to the UK um and I met and I met you, didn't I? And it was just lovely. And I, I, every time you speak, I'm like, I feel what you're saying. And um, that that's a true testament that we've got to act now. And as you were saying it, I was just thinking, last week, like, here I am, preaching to you all, act now, act now. And I just remembered, I had a thing of somebody that I wanted to message, And then I went into my WhatsApp and I must have got distracted and I didn't message him. So once this room finishes, I'm going to message my mentor, somebody that um, I worked with about 10 years ago and he just kept coming in my mind, Um, but he's in Australia. So I think whenever I go to message him, I think, Oh, it's a bit late or it's a bit early, but thank you, Kimberly, And um, absolutely. If anyone is listening today and when Kimberly was speaking, someone's name popped up in your mind, or you thought, Oh, Write that. Write that down now. And as soon as this room's done, or just leave the room. <laughs> normally, we tell people share the room, get everyone in. If you have any, just just leave a message to that person right now. You know, right now, leave them a voice note, send them a message. Act now. And I definitely believe the habit of doing that. And I love what you said, Kimberly, about uh, think of yourself as dead. You know, like like we're living on borrowed time. And uh, that that I and I heard um. Gary um, V, he said something ages ago that really resonated with me. Someone asked him a question and said, um, How do you deal with things that go wrong? How do you go how do you deal with things that go wrong in your business? And he says, I just imagine when something horrendous has happened, this is what he said. He says, I just imagine I got a call to say my daughter had died. And the interviewer was like, Huh? He was like, Yeah. Whenever anything is going on in my world, I just imagine that I've just had a call to say my daughter's died, and then that gives me perspec um it gives me pers- perspective on how serious the matter is. And nothing is as serious as if I had that news. So that's how he kind of like regulates his emotions by um being really um standing by really looking at the real picture, you know? And one thing that came to mind when you were speaking, Kimberly, which um and then I'll come over to you, Justin. I'm so sorry. I just I was um what would Jesus do I, w- I was reading um, a book I don't know maybe about 15 years ago and I don't even know who said it or where it was now thinking about it but it was said what would Jesus do if we all acted in the way that we thought Jesus would act just imagine the world that we're living you know if, if you and and then I took it to a different place because of the world I do is in we do videos and filming and t- like TV and all that kind of stuff. I always think to myself: Imagine you're just being watched all the time. How, if if you knew that everything you did and everything that you said was being filmed and recorded and projected across social media, how would you act? And always act like that. Act your best, even if nobody's watching you. Like do your best, even if there's no one there to record you or take. You know, even give you um, praise. So um, that, that's what I thought of when you said that, Kimberly. Thank you so much for coming up and thank you for meeting me in London. It was a real pleasure, it really was. Um, and I'd love to go over to you, Justin, over to you. Thank you so much for waiting. If you I would
4: love to share after Justin, this is Pastor Jeff.
1: Absolutely, I'm gonna check, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check the time, but yeah, if we've got time, over to you, Justin, thanks Pastor Jeff.
5: Good morning, Yeah, uh, and wonderful share, Kimberly, I think in the blink of an eye, everything can change. So, you know, it's great to, to plow forward and accomplish big things and build big businesses but if you don't have the love loyalty and respect of those people around you you need to refocus where your energy is being deployed that said you know hate is like drinking poison expecting the other person to die i think a lot of us can blame other people for the situations that we're in and refuse to actually take a look in the mirror at what we can change to be the person that we want to be um i'll give a super quick case study if there was a listing that i had lakefront property we set an absolutely record price, like $250,000 over the last comparable. There were some erosion issues, like very challenging sale. And after the sale was completely done, the seller asked for a discount because they felt um, there was a few things that could have been done a little bit differently. Now, an, an average agent would probably just get really upset about that. And you know it's a weird industry that people can ask us for a discount after we do a job like that. But I actually ended up keeping them very, very happy looking at what I could have done differently to set expectations or communicate a different set of expectations for this one thing that they used um, to have that conversation. But at the same time, if you're that person that's always looking to devalue other people, understand that I now took that person off the list of people I'm willing to work with, because if people can't recognize the value that I bring and how we were able to do something that nobody else was able to do, and we literally dove on a sword for that client, not really interested in working with you so they got some short-term money probably gave up a lot of long-term opportunities at the same time i looked at my systems at how could i have effectively communicated differently and set up expectations a little bit differently so win-win just depends on how you look at it and great segments as always iffy
1: oh justin oh i wish we had more time i want to ask you some questions around that because that's like Oh, that's such an interesting how long have we got? I have to keep going off the app before we we're gonna go we're gonna end with dot um Pastor Jeff. Can I ask hey, you Ify, just, If yeah? you
4: need time iffy. My segment is next Queen. Whenever you're ready, you just say my name and I'll be here, take as much time as you need. Oh,
1: Raymond, you shouldn't say that to me. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, I really appreciate you. Okay then, so let's do this then. For everyone who's here, thank you for being here. Raymond's section is coming up. I want you to share out the room so that we can get more people in to listen to Mr. Raymond. Um, but while I'm here, Justin, I've got a quick question for you. After, when you said you know you threw on the sword, tell me was there ever a moment when you wanted to just lose it like what went through your mind when you were like we've done everything
5: oh 100 percent. yeah like the second they sent me the first text message asking for the discount it really showed me who they were right and my human reaction was absolutely not like what i did for you you made that back tenfold like considering what we did there but Whenever I I have a reaction, I always step back and I I picture my emotions floating down the river like little rocks. And I look at them and I think, isn't that interesting? And then I sit back and I I formulate a response, but I always give myself like a couple hours buffer before I respond. Because I find if I respond emotionally, I'm French, I'm very passionate and it doesn't always end well. Um, But when I step back and look at it from a 30,000 foot view as to how do how would the person that i want to be react to this like the hero that i'm trying to be for my family for my business for everything else how would that person react that's how i think about it
1: Oh, I love it. I love the visual of seeing the rocks going down the river. I'm gonna use that. Oh, I love that. And oh yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. And what I love about that is because we know that's gonna happen. <laughs> you know, we 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 all know that's gonna come times in our lives when, when we're having we're faced with those emotions that are running through our body, you know, where our heart's paletating and we're like, What? And it is important. So thank you, Justin. I love that looking at the little rocks going down the river and looking at it from you know, 30 feet high and yeah brilliant thank you so much and um yeah oh well they don't know what they're missing out on do they um thank you and then i'd love to go over to pastor jeff and then pastor jeff would you um pass the mic directly to raymond thank you
4: thank you so very much iffy and thank you ramon for being gracious and giving me the time and opportunity to share first i'd like to say to miss kimberly is that we will be praying for you uh... that god will give you that peace that surpasses understanding and that he would give you contentment as you navigate through learning to accept what god has allowed ify what a great segment and share this morning as you shared about the conversation with your son after having a nightmare, I thought about, you know, it's very difficult for many of us to have those hard conversations. There's just some things we just don't want to talk about. You know, there's 252 people, three people in the room right now, and according to statistics, probably 40 to 50 of those people are constipated, but we don't want to talk about being constipated. Death is something that is inevitable truth of the matter is if he is the moment we are born our bodies begin to decay and so our bodies are in the process of death each and every day our spirits live forever it's just this current temple that we have that's dying but we don't want to talk about that so i absolutely think it was paramount that you had that conversation with your son and i think we as humanity perhaps we ought to change the way we look at change our mindset about death. Have a mind shift. You know, I like to look at it from this perspective. For those who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, if those of you don't, that's OK. I respect what you believe, whatever your higher power. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I believe he is our creator of all humanity and man and womankind. That being the case, you know, when my son went through or gave me the opportunity to attend the greatest commencement exercise that I'll ever be able to attend for him. It I processed it if he as God planted flowers in this garden we call Earth. That's each and every one of these 250, 46 people here. We are his flowers. And he allows those around to enjoy the flower. You know, we're all beautiful roses. or well, you can be whatever you want sometimes the flower has thorns on it. You might get stuck. Sometimes bugs get on it. But he enjoyed us to, allowed us to enjoy the beauty and the good times and the bad times. And then when he decided it was time for him to pick his flower out of his garden, when he decided that my son and others who graduated, it was time for them to move on to the next level because they had completed their mission here and they graduated, allowing the loved ones to attend the greatest commencement that they'll ever attend, the graduation from life temporal, life chaotic, life changes to life everlasting. So perhaps it's time we start having those conversations on a regular about our bodies are dying and it would be a travesty for us to be dead before we're dead. Passing the mic to you, Ramon. Well, back to Iffy to close us out. If you there, it's your segment, sweetheart. yes, it's your segment. Please continue, Iffy.
1: Oh, okay, Ify. thank you, thank you so yeah. much. I hope I put the right link up there. Change it, Ramon, if it's the wrong one. Sorry, um, all as well. Yeah, thank you. Please change it um, for you. And thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here on a Monday and um, I've loved it. And thank you everyone. It's been a pleasure.